Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I'm your host, Bill, and I promise that I won't be nearly as sarcastic as Randy Marsh is in this week's episode, because the episode I'll be reviewing is Sarcastable, and this is the beginning of the second half of season 16 of South Park, and this is, you know, looking at it now. This is kind of an interest or an important time because this is, like I said at the beginning of this season, this is the last season where we have 14 episodes. Because from this point for or after this season, it is all 10 episode seasons until we hit the pandemic. So, this episode's going to cover a lot of things, and I'm going to be talking about something that they make fun of, that <laughs> you're going you're gonna to hear a good old rant from me. So, uh, with that, let's dive into this week's episode, Sarcastable. The episode... Uh, was written and directed by Trey Parker and originally aired on September 26th, 2012. So our episode begins at the Marsh House where Randy and the kids, including Butters, is watching a Denver Broncos football game where a football player gets hit really, really hard. And Randy's like, yeah, that's football! Well, this player is concussed. He got hit really, really hard. And he is completely out of it. And it's like, yeah, this guy was concussed six years ago and he still hasn't recovered. So there's an interview with Commissioner Roger Goodell and talking about how they're looking into the studies of concussions in football and how, you know, we're going to try to make it a safer, better game. And then they show some of the Denver Broncos quote-unquote legends, and one of them, his pants have fallen down to his ankles. Another one is pretending, or not pretending, but another one is thinking that he is cooking a meal or a dessert or something and then we get back to the game and randy tells him that the kickoff team is the most important part of the game you got to learn that tomorrow in practice well that's when randy finds out that they have gotten rid of kickoffs in their football and randy is upset so he goes to the school's PTA meeting and he gives this whole sarcastic speech about how, oh, we play with, you know, we are not allowed to hit people anymore because it's too violent. Why don't we come up with a game where the, the players have to wear bras and they have to wear styrofoam hats and instead of a football, we give them a balloon 
And instead of tackling people, we give them hugs and we give them compliments. And how about we just call it sarcastable? And the PTA is like, that's not a bad idea. Do you want to be the head coach? Oh, yeah, you want me to be the head coach. All right, sure, I'll be the head coach. So, basically, Randy's going to be sarcastic the entire episode. And he goes into this whole spiel of sarcastable. And, you know, it starts off with a couple hundred people in a park and he's talking about it and he's like, oh, why don't you give yourselves a pat on the back? And then he talks about it to Congress and he's like, we're in an election year. Our economy is failing, but instead our number one problem is safety for football. Well, how about we just fix it? And there's Barack Obama and Michelle there and they're just smiling and clapping and it's like, yeah, this should not have gone like it did. So, Anyway, the boys are getting ready for their game, and they're not feeling too comfortable about it. They don't understand the rules. They don't want to play this game. It's gotten real bad. And Butters, of all people, kind of stands up, and he becomes a leader of this team. And he's like, Token... You give the best hugs I know. And Clyde, your compliments are better than anybody I've ever heard. And basically, Sarcastable has become Butters' game. It is like the best game that he plays. So we then go back to Commissioner Goodell. And he announces that they are going to change the NFL to the National Sarcastable League. And the head coach of the Denver Broncos is Randy Marsh. And it's like, oh yeah, this is a big honor. This is a big deal, being a head coach. I'm the one who created the game. So... We go to his first game. The Broncos are going to play the Oakland Raiders. And they show the cheerleaders and they're like, Woo! Woo! Yeah, go Broncos! Yeah, this is real fun. And then one of my favorite parts of this episode is they have CeeLo Green performing somewhat of a national anthem, but for Sarcastable. And the fans are like, Oh, yeah, that was real good, CeeLo. Yeah, I'm a big fan of all of your hit. I, I love that joke. I just thought it was real funny. So we go back to school, and the boys are worried because Stan's dad is no longer the coach of the, the, the elementary team. And they're like, oh, we, we just may as well have to forfeit the game. And Butter, or Stan's like, Butters can be the captain. He knows this game better than anyone else. He can lead this team. And this gives confidence in the Butters. 
it, it, it gives him a lot of confidence in believing that he can be the team or the guy that can lead this team to victory. So that night he has a dream where he, you know, accomplishes being the captain. They win a championship and the girls start loving him and he wakes up and he practically has a wet dream and you know his dad comes running in and he talks about you know the like how goo comes out and that butters we see he puts his goo in a little like container uh he stores it he saves his happy feelings which is gonna come back in a little bit now i want to talk about this next scene because this is going to make fun of something that at this time recently happened so the denver broncos are playing the pittsburgh steelers Payne and manning is running the ball or balloon pardon me he gives the balloon to another player one referee calls it a touchdown. Another referee calls it a safety. The side judge looks at the replay and he goes, Ah, fuck it, it's a field goal. And what he is talking, or what that scene is, and I got it and I laughed, was something that happened a couple of days before, which to this day, is the single worst call I've ever seen in my life. And I'm talking all sports. Football, baseball, basketball, whatever sport. It is the worst call I have ever seen in my life. I, was, I saw this when it happened that night. So, let me set it up. So the game is the Green Bay Packers at the Seattle Seahawks. We're in a time where there are replacement referees. Let me say that again. Replacement referees. The referees had gone on strike, so they decided to hire you know, scrub referees. On the final play of the game, Russell Wilson, who's a rookie at this time. I want, I, I want to say that for the record. He is a rookie at this time. He throws up a Hail Mary pass. And two guys catch the ball. One is from Seattle. One is from Green Bay. They both come down with the ball. The referees are looking at each other. The first referee calls it a touchdown. The other referee waves his arm saying it's an incomplete pass. So then they go to the replay. And you see the replay. And it is clear as day. Clear as day day that the Green Bay player on defense has the ball. After further review, the ruling stands, it is a touchdown. Seahawks win the game 
14 to 12. I could not believe that happened because I was or I, I was in this thing called a survivor pool, which if, if you're a football fan if you've, and if you've never done it, it's kind of fun. So what that is, I'll explain it real quick. What that is, is you pick one team to win a game. If your team wins, the team, you know, the, the team that you pick, you go on to the next week. The catch is you can only use that team one time. You cannot pick them again the rest of the season. You are out of that pool when you pick one game wrong. Now, there are some survivor pool leagues where it's three strikes and you're out. I was so upset. I talked to the guy that was running it, and he, and he was a nice guy. And I was like, are they, you know, they going to change it? What's going to happen? I was basically eliminated because of this one play. The play has gone on to be called the Fail Mary. Or the inaccurate reception, or the inter touchdownception. Because of this, two days after the game, the NFL and the Referees Association announced that they had reached an agreement to end the lockout. All because of that one play. Now, following the game, the NFL released an official statement that acknowledged that the pass interference should have been called on the Seattle player, but supported the decision to uphold the play as simultaneous possession. When the players hit the ground in the end zone, the officials determined that both Tate and Jennings, those were the two players involved, had possession of the ball. Under the rule for simultaneous catch, the ball belongs to Tate, the offensive player. The result of the play was a touchdown. Replay official Howard Slavin stopped the game for a review. The aspects of the play that were reviewable included if the ball hit the ground and who had possession of the ball. Referee Wayne Elliott and the officials determined that no indisputable visual evidence existed to overturn the call on the field, and as a result, the on-field ruling of touchdown stood. The NFL officiating department reviewed the video today and supports the decision not to overturn the on-field ruling following the instant replay review. Yeah. Um, so because of that, the referees ended their strike. And these referees, these scab referees, never got to work another game in the NFL. And I, like I said... I saw this when it happened. I saw the game when it happened. I could not believe this. I swear I couldn't believe it. Ten years later. We're actually coming up on the ten year anniversary of this game. Still the single worst call I've ever seen in my life. The single worst. All right, so back to the episode, because I'm sure you guys don't want to hear me rant. Uh, Randy does a press conference about, you know, what had happened and how 
Bill Belichick says that they've got no chance of winning the game next Sunday and blah, blah, blah. And Randy goes into the locker room and he's like, uh, we're not going to do the day off tomorrow. We're going to practice. And, you know, there's more sarcasm there. So Cartman then comes into Butters' house. And Cartman tells Butters that he doesn't feel good about playing this game, that he sucks. And Butters is like, oh, it's okay. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to share you, you know, my, my good feelings. So he opens up his closet and there are these little tubes of white goo. And Cartman can't believe it. And Cartman's like, can I try one? And Butters is like, sure. And he drinks Butters goo. <laughs> And it's so disgusting. Oh, my God. So, that's going to lead to this next scene where Randy Marsh is being interviewed by Jim Rome. I don't know how Jim Rome made it past this time, but he did. After the interview, Sharon comes up and tells Randy that dinner is ready. And Randy is like, oh, okay, well, I'll be there once I'm done setting up my plays. And Sharon, she's starting to get concerned. And it's like, well, I'll cook you a four-course meal or a five-course meal or maybe even a seven-course meal. And then Randy starts to break down and cry. And he asks for help. Meanwhile... Uh, we see a game of sarcastic ball where Cartman gets flagged for being mean and Butters tells them to cuddle up, not huddle up, cuddle up, and he gives each of them his goo. And then we see a commercial for a sports drink called Butters Creamy Goo. Oh, Lord. And even Tom Brady's in it. Because, you know, they're going to be taking some punches at Tom Brady for the next few years. And this stuff is selling. And then we see Randy getting uh, a brain scan. And the doctor tells him that he has irreversible brain damage. And that he has a guy who's in his office waiting to see him, who's got Alzheimer's, he's in his 50s, and he doesn't even remember his family. But he's willing to help Randy fight this sarcasm thing. We should take the money from cancer research and other diseases and help figure out what's going on with the sarcasm. So then we go back to another sarcastic ball game. Butters throws a balloon, and it gets intercepted. And then all of a sudden, Randy drives onto the field, and he hits this poor kid. He basically runs this kid over and tells Stan to get in the car. You're not playing this game anymore. So then Randy tries to explain that you know, we shouldn't be playing this game, but every time he tries, it comes out sarcastic. And eventually, like, it's getting to the point where he doesn't want Stan to end up like him. 
to be sarcastic. And then Stan's like, Dad, I got something that'll help you out. And he gives him a thing of Butter's creamy goo. So Randy takes the bottle, he drinks it, and he's like, it's come. And everyone is shocked. And then Butters is grounded. <laughs> and, like, the parents are staring at him. And he's like, don't you see what you've done, son? You're being grounded because you let everyone drink your cum. And then, you know, he's like, there's going to be no more sarcastic ball for you. No more serving cum. Do you have any questions? And Butters is like, yeah, what's sarcasm and what's cum? And the dad's like, I'll tell you when you're older. So then, Butters falls asleep, or he's going to sleep that night, and he hears Jim Rome talking. And Jim Rome talks about how Sarcastic Ball is basically over. Like, it's come to an end. And he talks about how, you know, we had some fun while it lasted, and, you know, we'll probably have another sport in a year or two that will come up, and we'll be, try to be safer and make things all right. And then Butters wakes up and he says, you know, there's my, my wiener's going up. So his dad comes in and he says, oh, that's a, that's called a friendly compass. That informs you when your friends are near. And Butters is telling him, well, it's pointing up. And he's like, well... It's pointing up to heaven because Jesus is your friend. And that weirdly ends sarcastable. Okay. Here's here's my thoughts on this episode. I think they did a decent job as far as talking about the concussion problems with the National Football League. Because it, it football is a violent sport. It doesn't matter what level it is. It doesn't matter if it's professional, if it's college, high school, even all the way to peewee. It's going. It's a violent sport. Football is just a naturally violent sport. And you can make all the changes that you want with football. You can make rules, you can add, you could change the helmet, you could do all that. But in the end of the day, violence is still going to be in football. Violence and football are never going to go away from each other. That's the thing that people have to understand and people have to realize. You can make as many changes as you can to football. Doesn't matter what level. Football is always going to be violent. It just is. And yes, the concussion research is a big thing, and I'm I'm very thankful for that. hit him it's not safe sorry that's just not how that works folks it's just not how it works 
Um, I mean, obviously people have died from symptoms of CTE from playing football, and that's unfortunate. And if you even go back into the early years of college football, there were young kids who died playing football, and it was, you know, without helmets. So there's a history of, you know, deaths related to football. It's just, you know, you could try to fix it, but in the end, it's kind of hard to do. Plus, if anyone is going to fix it, it should be the people involved in football, not our government. Our government should be worrying on other things, like schools, the, the homeless, diseases. Them worrying about health in football should be the last thing on their mind. They should be worried about helping the country instead of helping a bunch of millionaires. But with that said, this was a good effort by Trey and Man on this episode. Um, I'm going to give this a 7. That's going to be my score. I think a 7 is a good grade. I um, wonder if Sarcastable will ever be a real thing. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Who knows? All right, uh, let's go to the reviews from the critics of this episode. We'll start with Michael O'Brien from Screen Invasion. He praised the episode's criticism of the September 2012 replacement referee controversy, controversy, yeah, controver controversy, observing that the series' timing enables it to produce episodes that are relevant. Though he opined that the running sarcasm dialogue runs tedious at about the halfway point and teeter-totters on the line of hit and miss. O'Brien nonetheless stated that he laughed out loud during the Butters storyline. Lindsay Barr of Split Cider speculated that a football-themed episode was already in production when the September 24, 2012 referee controversy occurred two days prior to the premiere's episode. Uh, and that the producers added a reference to it after the fact. Barr was impressed at the producers' ability to be masterful at restraint by restricting themselves to a mere single joke about the incident and moving on with the episode's other themes. Barr felt that the series' formula of dividing the children and the parents, rather than the boys, worked well in the episode, stating that the comedy is heightened when the children are presented as such, with knowledge gaps and blind trust with regard to the adults' activities. Actually, yeah, I will agree with Lindsay Barr on that one. Because they could have gone on with that joke with the, with the referees. But the one joke right in the middle was perfect. Didn't need to go any further. Max Nicholson of IGN thought the episode's topical humor, double entendre, and juvenile running gags gave it the potential to be a classic. But that it was clear the show was scrambling to make ends meet in certain areas. In particular, Nicholson found Butter's B-story weaker than Randy's, claiming that after the third or fourth repetition, the joke had lost its impact. However, he still found that Randy kept the episode from becoming disappointing, and concludes that despite its weaker points, Randy's story made Sarcastable assertedly succeed. And finally, Carter Dotson of TV Fanatic wrote, while conceding he wanted to throw up at times while watching the episode, found its lampooning of football on target. In particular, its treatment of sports radio host Jim Rome and NFL commissioner Roger Goodell and stated that the series' ability to remain true to its characters while skewering current events 
results in its best episodes. All right, let's go to IMDb and see what they thought of this week's episode. Over 2,200 people have rated this episode, and the average rating is a 7.5 out of 10. 533 people gave it a 7. That's going to be the score I give this episode. 506 people gave it an 8. 360 people gave it a 10. And 62 people gave it a 1. To break it into demographics, the average rating for males was a 7.4, with its highest demographic being in the 18 to 29 category, with an average rating of a 7.5. There were two people under 18 who gave it a 9, but again, I'm not going to count that. For females, the average rating was also a 7.4, with its highest demographic being the 18 to 29 department, with an average rating of an 8.1. So the younger females enjoyed this episode a little bit more than the males. That's kind of interesting. So we have some reviews here. So let's take a look at what we've got. And we're going to start off. Let's see, which one am I going to do? I'm going to do this one first. This one is from CM Will-1, and he wrote, During their commentary minis on the DVD collections, Trey Parker and Matt Stone often talk about running into a mental barrier in the writer's room, and they explain that this is where ideas like Crab People and Oprah Winfrey's Talking Vagina came from. Although these ideas are pretty funny to me, they're easily forgotten as soon as the episode ends, and we're left thinking. That's what they came up with? It's passable, I suppose. Don't get me wrong. I love every bit of this show, even the very base episodes like Sarcastable, which was chock full of mock humor and reminiscent of episodes like More Crap and Faith Hilling. My only problem with this episode is that it lacks Trey Parker's signature touch of storyline progression, where A leads logically to B strictly because happens, which makes it go there. If you listen to his commentaries or watch interviews addressing his writing process, his hits on this point a lot. Sarcastable, as a full episode, is a continuous repetition of the first few minutes with very few laughs and nothing new to say. I would recommend the episode Crack Baby Athletic Association over Sarcastable. Oh no. Mostly because the former is grounded, mostly, in reality, it makes us think of a current topic while enjoying a few good laughs. Again, a Trey Parker and Matt Stone signature. While the latter addresses a small topic in a completely unrealistic manner, where even the characters we've come to love for all their goofiness don't act like themselves at all. Not a mid-season opener, but I have faith the South Park Studios crew will deliver some mind-blowing episodes before season 16 closes. Next review is from Varon underscore 120, who wrote, This is again one of the weaker episodes of After I Should Have Never Gone. I am a huge South Park fan, and it makes me sad to see such episodes. For some time, I've been telling myself that South Park episodes are alright. But, no, something is not right. Ever since the 15th season, episodes have become less humored and more ridiculous. 
this season has great episodes like Butterballs and Cash for Gold. In this episode, Randy Marsh doesn't like kickoff rule in football being removed excuse me, from school and in a conference sarcastically tells everyone to plot a safer game for kids sarcastable. The entire episode was ordinary, but it became disgusting with, ev with every other kid drinking Butter's Mojo. South Park still makes four to five very good episodes a season, but the rest episodes are very ordinary these days, especially after the 15th season. <coughs> this has some laughs, but not a great episode overall. This is the first time I am writing a negative review about South Park. I hope Matt and Trey come up with better episodes, and I'll write a 10 out of 10 review again. <coughs> Excuse me. Next review is from G-Joshua-Benjamin, who wrote, Ha 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 This was one of the funniest things I've, never, I've ever seen. <coughs> I don't think there was a minute that I was not laughing. The stuff they did in the episode, I cannot believe they were allowed to do. Good for you, Comedy Central. Besides, some of the more shocking stuff, there really was an interesting part as well. It has to do with one moron thinking and saying something is bad, and a bunch of other morons agreeing and joining in. Like how a certain unnamed fast food place now has apple slices. It's like, okay, a kid goes in and gets a double hamburger, extra large fries, and an extra Coke, medium chocolate shake, and an apple pie. Then he gets a pack of four apple slices, and the world thinks he's fine. Ha <laughs> ha! Ridiculous. Great episode. It is in the top ten funniest things I will ever see in my life. After all these years, they still make me laugh. <coughs> uh, next episode or next review is from Foxy Tree Two, who wrote, "I can't believe this is so low on the list. This is really the twenty-fifth lowest voted South Park. Apparently, some people aren't fans of the NFL and just should give up on the show if they don't find this episode hysterical." I find it interesting that Do the Handicapped Go to Hell and Probably and Ungroundable are ranked higher than Sarcastable and Lysecapades. Now I really can't believe this. The episode was very creative. Okay, so South Park episodes are always, always creative. But this is a joke. I never really react to much with dissatisfaction, but I really crowed out loud about this. First of all, they nail the average father in Randy's reaction, to football programs taking away kickoffs to limit concussions. The whole concept of turning professional football into a game where everyone wears bras is such an F.U. to the NFL. Secondly, the Jim Rome scenes were brilliant, and how Butters' dad analyzed the whole entire misinterpretation between Butters and understanding that he was saving semen and passing it out. Genius. Randy is the only one that notices this? even more genius stroke a philosophical genius if you don't find this episode funny i don't know what to say the CeeLo part was the best part brilliant south park 10 out of 10. next review is from akbarakan who wrote veron underscore 120 from india's review is so good i bet he could totally make a better episode you should let him make a better episode you guys Oh, there has to be a minimum of 10 lines to post a view. Wow, that's such a great rule. 
Now, this is actually what's on here, folks. It's not like some people come here just to reply to someone because they said that's something that really gets under your skin. It's not like that's why someone might be in the comments section. Yeah, that's a great rule. Just like Varun's amazing review. I'm really running out of sarcasm here. And it's not like I have at least one more line to write before this review gets accepted. Yeah, it's nothing inconvenient like that. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, final review, hopefully it's not as sarcastic, is from 1086CN who wrote, That moment in this episode when Butters was talking about his so-called creamy goo that comes out while he sleeps. All I want to say is, this is my kingdom come. This is my kingdom come. When you feel my heat, look into my eyes. Alrighty. <laughs> I think I'm going to stop right there before, uh, before I go further. How about that? If you guys want to follow the show on Twitter, you can follow us at SharksPond97, and you can join our Facebook group, Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast, where you can join fans to discuss past, present, and when they come, future South Park episodes. Next time around, Carmen realizes that he's fat. I know, shocking, right? Well, the next episode is... Raising the Bar, that is next time on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I'm Bill, thanks for tuning in, hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you all next time.